You may ask, you know, what, what exactly is a, a divine appointment? I mean, we hear that all the time, right? And I would say that a divine appointment really is any kind of interaction with people or, or situation that is ordained by God, uh, uh, you know, to accomplish His purposes. And, and, and there are appointments that are directed by the power of the Holy Spirit to, to strengthen, to encourage, and even correct the hearts of God's people. And the Holy Spirit also works through divine appointments really uh, to, to stir up the hearts of people who need to come to salvation. And there is uh, no such thing as, as, as these random circumstances. You know, there's these random occurrences with, with people or, or special situations. Really, uh, these, many of these occurrences, again, are divine appointments. And we may not realize that, you know, Holy Spirit is working behind the scenes many times and we don't realize it orchestrating these uh, these divine appointments and the lord is the one who orchestrates these divinely inspired opportunities you know for us to share the gospel uh, with those who are lost and of course he also uh, orchestrates appointments ordains appointments for us to have interactions with people who need encouragement who god's people need encouragement in so many ways and many times he'll he'll establish these uh, appointments for us, and and we know there's people who may be hurting, right? There's people uh, who really are are suffering from a lot of physical or even emotional affliction. There's people who are downcasted, you know. And we know there there's people who may also be captive, right, to alcohol, drugs, different kind of uh, 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 vices. And we know there's people. Uh, who may be experiencing marital crises, right? There's people who may be experiencing financial uh, uh, crises. And, and, and people in these kind of uh, horrendous trials desperately need God's hand of, uh, of intervention. And he will create for us those divine appointments with them to encourage them in, in, in the Lord. And it may be that person sitting next to you or a couple seats away from you that, that needs that encouragement. You know, it may be when you're out there, you know, in the market waiting in the line, uh, that person in front, of, in front of you may need some encouragement. You know, so we never know. It may be even you're out there and you're passing by this homeless person. Sometimes we have a tendency to pass them by or even ignore them. But that may be a divine appointment for you. You know, so God is always working uh, behind the scenes. And, and many of you know that, that my mom, you know, she's been suffering from stage four lung cancer, and she's been receiving palliative chemotherapy, you know, since last November. But the Lord has been so gracious in, in extending his grace and mercy on, on her life, you know, extending her life. And, and praise God for that. But the thing also is that he's also been doing such a beautiful work encouraging her in, in the Lord by providing divine appointments for her. You know, a few months ago, my, my honey felt led to to have my mom and her mom Lila a lot of people a lot of you know Lila uh, uh, to be a, a, a part of a women's BSF Bible study that was being held in in Spanish and, and and it was a time when my mom was you know she was discouraged she was really down because of her you know her illness and and dealing with that and and we found out that there was a, the, a study going on in La Puente a BSF Spanish study for women we went we took them for one session um, and you know it was it was good, but it, because of space limitations, my wife couldn't be in the same group with them. So we decided to look, you know, elsewhere. And and the Lord led us to to another BSF women's study in Upland, 
And we know Upland's a ways, right? <laughs> but uh, we went ahead and decided to start taking in there. And even though it was a long drive, really, uh, it, it was a, a divine appointment for my mom. You know, praise God that in his sovereign will, he did orchestrate these divine appointments for her because she ended up meeting older women in, that, in her group who either were suffering from cancer or had been uh, recovered uh, and healed from cancer. So, so my mom was so blessed, so, you know, so encouraged by them because just because of the testimony and how they were encouraging her in the Lord. This truly was a divine uh, appointment uh, uh, for her. Um, and the fact also, you know, that, that, that the Lord um, has um, uh, ordained this time in my life, uh, this season, you know, I'm, I'm a retired physician now, to be able to be there for her uh, medical appointments. I take her, and, and I have the time to do that. But also, of course, more importantly, to encourage her in the Lord. And we're so blessed to have her, you know, for two days out of the week, and, and we're able to to encourage her, and, and the fact that Leela, who's also a cancer survivor, she's able to spend time with her and encourage her. And these truly are divine uh, uh, appointments. And I think we could all agree on the fact that, you know, when we got saved, certainly it was a divine appointment that God provided for us, right? He sent someone to share the gospel with us, and thank God we responded, right, <laughs> to the tugging of the Holy Spirit as, as, as the gospel message was shared with us. That, that the Holy Spirit had already kind of uh, readied us, right, to, to respond uh, in, in faith. And, and thank God for that. And, and we may not realize that, that, you know, God gives us so many opportunities uh, for these divine appointments every day. You know, but what happens, unfortunately, many times we don't respond to the leading of the Spirit. Uh, maybe out of a fear of rejection. Maybe kind of our own insecurities. Or maybe we allow other priorities to blind us to these opportunities. You know, but they're there. And we remember the, the, the Lord's uh, model prayer that says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You know, praying for, for God's leading praying for God's kingdom come and, and praying for his will to be done will definitely open up divine appointments for us. And, and we have to have that passion, the diligence in seeking him in that way. And he will open up these opportunities for us uh, to share. And, and, you know, we have to be reminded that God is not looking for vessels who, who, who have certain abilities or qualifications. He's just looking for vessels who are willing and available to respond to these uh, divine uh, appointments. There's a, a scripture in Ecclesiastes 3.1 that says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And God certainly does ordain different seasons in, in, in our lives uh, as to when he calls us to, to these divine appointments, doesn't he? I mean, if you're young and you're in school, He's going to give you divine appointments to share with other students or even with your teachers. If you're working, he certainly is going to open up divine appointments for you to share with your coworkers and even your boss. If you're retired, you know, you have more time, you're able to, of course, minister to others who are young in the Lord, do more ministry. 
or even go out in the mission field. You know, so there's always these seasons that, that God uh, definitely uh, ordains in our lives as he calls us uh, to, to these uh, divine uh, appointments. And, you know, when I decided to uh, retire early uh, from Kaiser, you know, it was because I felt the Lord, you know, was calling me to get involved uh, with world medical missions. So I, you know, I retired early. And, and but for, su- for, you know, for, for such a time as this, as it turns out, he actually needed me to be retired uh, to be able to spend that quality time with my mom. I didn't know. She wasn't sick back then. And even with my dad, you know, last, last year, he, he, he went home with the, the Lord. But before that, I was able to spend that quality time. So th- those were the divine appointments he had for me. I had another plan. Uh, but we know that the, the, in the word in Proverbs 69, uh, it, it reminds us, it says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord what directs his steps. You know, so, but I, w- I would ask still for your prayers, you know, that if, if it is God's will and his timing, he will allow me, you know, to get involved you know, with, with Franklin Graham's ministry, Samaritan's Purse, and to be able to go up to other parts of the world and, and, and not only provide medical care to, to those who are in need, but also, of course, to provide that, that, that spiritual guidance and share the gospel. And I would covet your, your prayers for that. You know, Lord willing, my honey and I uh, will be attending, you know, a conference in, in Florida in September that, that's being uh, 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 held by Samaritan's Purse. So again, I, I would ask that, you know, just keep us in prayer on that. Um, Isaiah fourteen twenty seven says, For the Lord of hosts has purposed, and who will know it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? You know, I believe that with this season uh, of the COVID uh, pandemic, and now with all this violence and, and chaos that's going on in our country, God is definitely moving to get the attention of the hearts of people, isn't he? And he's going to use this season to do that. And I think we all see with what's taking place and actually Bible prophecy really coming uh, to pass before our eyes, right? That, that, that the Lord really uh, wants a revival to happen before he comes back to judge. And I pray that, you know, we would have that heart to, to, to allow that revival to happen and be used uh, in, in that way to bring revival and he definitely wants to use every one of us as his instruments to be able part, to be a part of this revival and to help expand his kingdom by what? By our willingness to respond to these divine appointments he provides for us. And they're going to be there. They're going to be even much more now being that, you know, the last of the last days is near or has come, right? The Lord's return is imminent. And, and I hope and pray that we would be, have that heart uh, of compassion for the loss, and we'd be willing to respond, you know, to those divine appointments that, that he brings our way. D- Romans 10, verses 14 and 15 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in, in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. And I pray again that we would be uh, responders and not bystanders to God's work, again, by responding to his divine appointments, that we would respond like the, the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 6, 8. It says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? 
and who uh, will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. You know, that we will respond in that way. I always have that heart to be willing and available to respond. In 1 Peter 3.15, it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. You know, so we know that with the unrest, the confusion, the frustration, the anger, all this violence that, that, that's going on in our country, people are looking for answers, right? I mean, they're, they're looking for solutions. They're looking for change. But we know the ultimate answer is Jesus Christ, right? And, and as believers, I pray that we would be ready and willing to share that hope that lies in us when that opportunity comes our way. And it's going to come. And, and it is a matter of sowing those seeds of, of eternal life in the heart of people and the Holy Spirit does the rest. You know, Titus uh, 1.3 exhorts us to, to be ready for every good work. Be ready. And in 2 Timothy 4.2, we're exhorted, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. And the, the, we know that the Bible uh, has multiple examples of people who God used in a powerful way through these divine appointments. And we're going to be looking at some uh, this morning. But he used this, these divine appointments for these people to accomplish his will and expand his kingdom. And, and the Apostle Paul, remember him? Where he, he, you know, he was on his way to Damascus to persecute the church, right? Uh, and, and on his way, what, what happened? He had a divine appointment, right, with the Lord. And, and, and as he saw the Lord, what did he do? He trembled, he fell on his knees. And, and he responded by saying what? Lord, what do you want me to do? And, and, and he responded to the call. He ends up being saved and, and, and being used as a powerful vessel, powerful witness, as an apostle to the Gentiles. And, and that was a, a divine appointment for him. Um, and we know Esther, right? Remember Esther? You know, she had a, a divine appointment in a certain time in her life. And the Lord spoke through uh, Mordecai, right, to exhort Esther on the calling that he had for her. We read in Esther 4, 13 through 14, that says, And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace anymore than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Such a time as this. For her, she received this divine appointment. It was a season in her life. Uh, she was in the right place at the right time as queen, right? And, and her willingness to respond to this call saved Jews from annihilation, right? So it was a divine appointment for Esther. And in John chapter 4, we know we learn about uh, uh, the divine appointment that for the Samaritan woman, right, at the well. And, and it was in Lord, the Lord's perfect timing, right, that, that, that Jesus was there and, and, and that the woman would be there exactly at that time uh, at the well. And the woman had her initial doubts, right, and reservations regarding what Jesus was saying and offering since she was in sin, right? And she was a Samaritan, and Jesus was a, was, was a Jew, right? 
So she had that kind of guarded heart. But in, in, verse, uh, in John chapter 4, verse 13, it says uh, that Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So she responded here to the call to salvation and faith and, and accepts this offer of the fountain of living water. Uh, she gets saved, right? And, and a revival takes place among the people in her village area. And this was a transforming divine appointment for the Samaritan woman. Another divine appointment. And then we learn about Peter and John in Acts uh, chapter 3, uh, where they had a divine appointment with the layman, right? He was at the temple gate, right, called Beautiful. And, and it says in Acts 3, 1, that at that exact time, a time of prayer at the ninth hour, what happened? Peter and John, they were passing by, and, and this layman lay there. He was asking them for alms. And, and what does it say, starting in verse 4 of Acts 3? And fixing his eyes on him with with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle uh, bones uh, received strength. So, again, another divine uh, appointment and and isn't it always in God's perfect timing, right, uh, that he ordains these appointments? Here, you know, Peter and John could, easy, could, could have easily said, you know, we're too busy here. You know, we've got to make it to prayer and get into the temple and pray. And they could easily have passed this paralytic by. But thank God they responded. And, and, and he did a, uh, the Lord did an amazing work in the heart of that paralytic. Why don't we turn, uh, if you can, in your Bibles to, to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, and, and we'll be starting verse 1. But here, you know, we're going to learn about the, another awesome uh, divine appointment that God worked out uh, between uh, Peter and, and Cornelius, the centurion, right, who was a Gentile. And in Acts chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 1, let me read that. It says, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generally to the people and prayed to God always. About uh, the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And so he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with uh, Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him and had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. And, and in verse 9, it says, The next day, as they went on uh, their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened, and an object like a great sheet bound at, at the four corners descending to him and led down to the earth. 
In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, What God has cleansed you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Now while Peter wondered, uh, wondered within himself, what this vision uh, which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had uh, been uh, sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the man to the men who had uh, been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. Again, we see this amazing divine appointment play out that was totally orchestrated by God in his perfect timing, right? What do we see? He steers up the heart of Cornelius through a vision, you know, while he's praying and, and he tells him in his prayers that, that his prayers have been answered. And then he tells him to send men to Joppa to bring Peter back, who would tell him what to do. And by faith, he responds, right? He responds in obedience. And at the same time, of course, Peter gets that vision, right? Uh, teaching him what God has cleansed, he was not to call common. At that exact time, the men Cornelius sent were at Peter's house knocking at the door. Perfect timing. And, and Peter ends up uh, responding in obedience also and visits, ends up visiting uh, Cornelius' home. And, and they hear Peter, when they heard Peter share Jesus, Cornelius and his whole family, get a, they end up getting saved. The Holy Spirit falls upon them. They start speaking in tongues, and, 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 you know, and they end up getting baptized. You know, so revival there. And more importantly, of course, this divine appointment, uh, God opened the door for the Gentiles for the first time to be able to receive the Holy Spirit. It was a divine appointment, amazing work, uh, but it took uh, the obedience of two men, right, to respond. And, 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 and we have some important points to this. It is God will always be working in the hearts of people involved as he orchestrates these divine uh, uh, appointments. For Peter, he, he was still working out some issues in his heart. God was through this appointment uh, and, and regarding his Jewish attitudes uh, towards Gentiles, as well as uh, the fact that he still had a tendency to question Lord's leading, the Lord's leading, right? You know, what we see in, uh, in verse 14, what do he say? Not so, Lord. <laughs> and, and remember, Peter responded the same way the night in the upper room, right? When Jesus wanted to, to wash Peter's feet, what did Peter say? Not so, Lord. <laughs> in the garden, when, when Jesus was sharing with his disciples that he was going to be arrested and, and go to the cross, what did Peter say? Not so, Lord. You know, so these were issues that, that God was working in his heart, even in, even in the midst of this, this, uh, this uh, divine uh, appointment. For Cornelius, you know, he was a God-fearing man and, and just kind of going through the religious rituals, right? But he really didn't have a, a, a personal relationship with the Lord, right? And, and it did 
the Lord did use the, this divine appointment for him to steer his heart to come to that personal saving faith in Jesus. And of course, his whole family saved. You know, so we see both men again responded to the leading of the Spirit. They both stepped out in faith. They both responded in obedience. And, and that's the response that God wants from all of us. You know, stepping out in faith, stepping out in obedience as he calls us to these divine appointments. And, and, and we, our hearts need to be ready for that and, and willing. And many times we may not realize that even though, you know, we feel that we're the ones that be, are being called to encourage this person, guess what? He may be working issues in your own heart through it all. You know, so we have to be open to that. And God I will always work out these divine appointments according to his perfect timing. And many times, you know, we want to accomplish his work through these appointments in our own timetable, right? <laughs> but it has to be in his timing. And, and, and we have to be open to that. And let, let me look at one more uh, awesome divine appointment. If you want to turn... Uh, to Acts chapter 8. Chapter 8, and we'll be starting in verse 26. And this is another awesome divine appointment that God orchestrated with Philip the Evangelist, right? And, and the Ethiopian eunuch. But to give you a little background, so that's in, out of Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Uh, after the great persecution of the church in Jerusalem, what happened? The church scattered everywhere, right? But it says that it, the, the word continued to be preached. And, and Philip was led to go down to Samaria, right? When, when, when he, was, uh, he started uh, pr to preach Jesus to them. And it says that a great spiritual revival took place there. It says multitudes uh, with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. And it says there was a great joy in that city. So a great revival was going on in Samaria through uh, the ministry of Philip. But then what happens? God calls Philip out of this powerful, thriving revival where multitudes were getting saved. And then he calls him to go to the desert uh, where he had another divine appointment for him. But instead, now the divine appointment is not for with the multitudes. No, his divine appointment is with one man. One man. An Ethiopian eunuch who was traveling from Jerusalem in his chariot reading the scripture out of Isaiah, but not understanding it. But doesn't Jesus always go after that one? And, and, and many times, you know, he will use us to accomplish that purpose as long as we're open to it and be willing. Um, let me start reading in, in, in uh, verse 26 here. It says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So here, you know, we see Philip here was, was called by God uh, to arise, right? In other words, to get, get, up, get up from his comfort zone in Samaria and, and, and to leave this great uh, revival in Samaria and go down south to Gaza, the desert. And, and Philip's 
I'm sure it, the thought came to mind, like, well, why now, Lord? <laughs> you know, things are going so well. You know, my, people are getting saved, and I'm so comfortable here. Can it wait? I mean, that's sometimes we, we respond that way, right? When the Holy Spirit is leading us to, to minister to somebody. And not now, Lord. You know, I, I'm a little busy right now. Or, you know, no, it's out of my comfort zone. I don't feel comfortable sharing with this person. But God in his divine appointments and sovereign will many times will pull us away from our place of comfort to reach others. Even if it means reaching that one person in the other part of the world. It reminds me, um, you know, we did a missions trip to, to Nepal, which uh, literally is on the other side of the world. <laughs> uh, and, and that was a blessing. You know, we, we had planned to do a medical outreach in, in the slum area in, in Nepal. And we, I'm sure, you know, most of us, of course, had our reservation, like, especially when we got there, looking at the way things were, the slum area, how things, I mean, people were so impoverished. And, I mean, it just wasn't a pleasant sight. But, you know, we went ahead and, 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 and set up uh, our, the medical outreach, and, and, and it was a blessing. You know, we, the Lord moved. You know, he provided uh, both spiritual and physical uh, healing and prayer going on. So it was great. You know, the Lord uh, did an amazing work that day. But one thing I remember, you know, at the end of the day when we were, you know, we were retired. We are packed up, ready to go. We are getting on the bus. All of a sudden, someone comes and, and running to the bus and tells us, oh, there's a little boy, he's a six-year-old, he fell, he hit his head, and he, cu he cut his, his, his forehead. And we kind of looked, and, you know, I mean, our, our, our response could have said, you know what, <laughs> we're kind of done, it's kind of late, uh, we're tired, and, you know, we need to head back. But, you know, thank God, we, we, you know, we, we, we responded to his leading. And, and the fact that, you know, just because we, we felt we were done, God wasn't. There was, you know, still that one person. So, you know, we dropped everything. We, we unpacked, you know, the, some of the surgical supplies and, and went back into the little shelter. And, you know, I sutured him. But what, what I, I rem I'll never forget is the look uh, on the mother's face who, who was a Hindu. You know, she was observing. She was witnessing the whole, the whole scene. And, and she was really watching really and witnessing the love of Christ being demonstrated to her son as people were praying throughout the, the surgery and, and I believe that you know the Lord did minister to her heart that day you know and, and it was a divine appointment I believe that what she witnessed through the prayer and the love of Christ and the healing of her son it was a seat that was placed in her heart and, and I pray that the Holy Spirit uh, it was able to work through that and, and, and drew her to, to Christ the other thing I, we should mention is, is the fact that, you know, with divine appointments, we also need to be flexible, right? We, we also need to allow the Lord to work in His way, in His timing. And we may have our own plan, you know, all, all prepared and, 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 you know, with these divine appointments to happen, but the Lord many times has a different plan. <laughs> it reminds me of, of, of the Mexico missions trip that we had last year you know that was also a blessing you know we had 30 people that that joined the group to go to rosarito same thing to provide spiritual uh guidance and share the gospel but also to set up a medical outreach you know so we had it was a blessing because we were able to purchase all these medicines and all these servants were willing to help and the day before the outreach you know we were uh some servants were helping us you know kind of count the medications label the medicines 
and we had assigned positions for the, the mobile clinic that we we're going to set up. Everything was ready. And then I get a call, you know, from, uh, from the hospital, you know, about my dad. You know, he, he, he was in the hospital. He took a turn for the worst. And so I had to leave, you know, before the outreach. And, and, but the Lord blessed still. The work still was done. That divine appointment was still accomplished because the Lord provided a, a replacement for me, another doctor. Bless her heart. You know, she responded in the last minute. Uh, she took over. And the servants, you know, they already knew what they had to do. So the outreach went on. And, and people were saved and they received care. And so, again, you know, we need to be flexible. We need to be ready. And we need to make adjustments accordingly. And I know the Lord had me there and my wife for such a time as that for that time period to at least get things going and then someone else had to take over so when philip here gets to the desert he sees this eunuch from ethiopia it says uh, that he had great authority under the queen and he was in charge of the treasury so no doubt this eunuch was an important per person of authority and was likely very well off right and, and it says this eunuch was sitting on his chariot reading the scripture out of isaiah and, and the Spirit said to Philip to go near and overtake this chariot. Now, Philip's response could have easily here been what? Uh, you know, uh, Lord, uh, nah, I, I'd rather not. You know, this is an poor man. He's a man of means. He has great authority. I'm a little intimidated, you know. I mean, he doesn't need the Lord. You know, I, I, he could have given the excuse, you know what, I've been traveling through the desert. I'm tired. I cannot run this chariot. You know, he could have came up with all these excuses, right? But he didn't. And, 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 and I believe sometimes what can happen, we potentially could get intimidated in sharing with someone who holds an important position in life or may have authority uh, in society or, or may be wealthy. But and one may justify, you know, they have it all. They don't, they don't need to hear about the Lord. They don't need encouragement. But we all do need encouragement. Right? We all need to hear about Jesus Christ. And Recently, uh, you know, we, we felt led to bless the police uh, by visiting a few of the police stations uh, and, and bringing food and encouraging cards that were personally addressed to the police officers uh, and the staff. And, and, and we could have easily, you know, kind of been intimidated when we got there. You know, there was all these police officers around us. You know, they have an intimidating look, right? And they have authority. But I, I believe that they were divine appointments for us as well. You know, we were able to pray for them, encourage them in the Lord, and thank them for their faithful service. And that went a long way. And, and, and they were so encouraged. You know, I won't forget the face of one of the captains at the Monrovia police station. That after I prayed, he, he came up to me and kind of fixed his eyes on me. And, and then he, he, you know, he shook it, his hand with me with, you know, tight, tight shake. And, and I knew that was his way of saying, you know, thank you. Thank you for your encouragement. You know, thank you for reminding me that the Lord loves us. And thank you that I know the Lord's going to carry us through this season. He's going to give us the strength and, and, the, and the reassurance and the confidence that he loves us. And, and that, that went a long way. I, I, would pr I would ask that you keep the police uh, a force in prayer. They need our encouragement. You see some a police officer out there, just thank them. Thank them for their faithful service and be praying for them. And it says in verse 29 here that it says, And the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake uh, this chariot. And you wonder, did Philip hear an audible voice here? You know, you may ask, How do we know when God has a divine uh, uh, appointment for us? 
Well, I mean, as we read his word, certainly the Lord will speak to us, right? And, and, as, and it's that inner voice of, of, of the Holy Spirit that we sense and feel directing us to speak to this person. And, and John 10, 4 reminds us that Jesus is our shepherd and we're his sheep. And it says that when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. As believers, I pray that we would be so sensitive to his voice when he speaks to us. And he could speak to us through a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, instruction, vision. You know, uh, he may give us, he does give us that discernment to know that this person or this situation, that you need to respond and share Jesus. Here in Hebrews eleven six, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And it is a matter of living out our faith right uh, and seeking the lord the more we diligently seek him we we will be able to know his voice that much more to know uh, hear recognize that still small voice that's speaking to us and and be so much more in tune with the holy spirit is trying to lead us to speak to this person in verse 30 it says so philip ran to him and heard him reading the project the, the prophet isaiah and said do you understand what you are reading and he said how can i unless someone guides me and he asked philip to come and sit with him the place in the scripture which he read was this he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as la as a lamb before its shear is silent so he opened not his mouth in his humiliation humiliation his justice was taken away and who will declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth it was not a coincidence here that, again, the eunuch was reading and trying to understand this specific scripture out of Isaiah 53 that speaks of the Messiah who was uh, wounded for our transgressions. You know, so in verse 34, it says, so, so the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet uh, say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. You know, Philip clarified the scripture uh, to him and he preached Jesus to him you know and, and, and he did not tell the eunuch oh you need to do all this you need to work here you need to earn here for your salvation no he preached Jesus and, and that's what we need to do you guys is just preach Jesus to people and and, and I'm sure that the Philip did tell the, the the eunuch you know that God loved him and and the fact that Jesus went to the cross for his sins and, and that he may be forgiven and receive salvation. Simple message, right? Simple gospel message that we need to do. But we do need to preach uh, Jesus. And, and, and we know that the whole Bible points to Jesus, right? So use the word of God to, to point people to Jesus. To, to, again, clarify and help people understand scriptures. And, of course, understand the gospel message. Verse 36, it says, Now as they went down the road... They came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chair to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to, uh, to Caesarea. And the eunuch here, he responded to the call to salvation, right? In his heart, he truly believed that Jesus was 
the Son of God. With, and with his new identity in Christ, of course, he asked Philip to baptize him. And it says when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, and he ends up in Azotus and goes on preaching in other cities and eventually ends up in Caesarea when, again, he's, he responds to the divine appointments to minister to a Gentile world. Awesome divine appointments, right? And in Romans 10, 9, 10, it says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Simple message. It's not just about a head knowledge, right? Knowing who, who Jesus is or what he has to offer. It's really believing in your heart and confessing that Jesus went to the cross for my sins, for your sins, and that God raised him from the dead, that we, you may be, that we would be saved. You know, simple gospel message. And those of you who are here who may not know Jesus or uh, who are watching through live stream uh, who may not know Jesus, I believe that this is a divine appointment for you. You know, and, and I encourage you to surrender your life to him as your Lord and Savior. You know, and, and we know that that tomorrow is not promised to anyone, you know, and today is the day of salvation, you know. So I pray that you guys that this message again was just a, an encouragement for all of us, and of course a good reminder for all of us that every one of us is called to be an evangelist, and that especially in these trying times of, of where countries is, that we would be those evangelists to to encourage people to in the Lord and, and, and to be bold in the gospel message and be willing, be ready and be filled with the Spirit. And that's, that's our calling for every one of us. Amen.